Thanks for joining the Money Happy Hour, where we make every hour a happy hour for your money. I'm your host, Tom, the Savings Captain. And of course, I'm joined by my producer, Radish, the hardest working dog in podcasting. Hey, in this episode, we are going to answer, can you put a price on personal finance education? But before we do that, hey, let me say welcome if this is your first time listening to the Money Happy Hour. And if you're returning, welcome back. And in either case, please leave a five-star review and hit that subscribe button. So I saw an article written by Jessica Dickler, and uh, it was on CNBC.com. And the title of the article is, You Can Put a Price Tag on the Value of a Personal Finance Education, $100,000. You know, I read through the article and I debated. I went back and forth. Eh, is there a podcast story there? Is there a podcast idea there? I went back and forth on it. I talked myself in and out of it the last couple of weeks. And the more I thought about it, I said, there is absolutely a story there. And the reason I think there is a story here, and I'm going to go over some of the high points of the article, of course, share the references and a couple of other things. I think... Um, you can really do to help improve your personal finance education or those that you know, loved one, friends, family, things like that. But the thing that struck me about a week ago, I was recording an interview, a conversation with a guest, a future guest that's going to be on money happy hour. Oh, in a couple of weeks. And one of the questions I always ask is how did you get started in your personal finance journey? And don't you know, his response basically was the high points of this article. He cited when he was in senior year in high school, the thing that made it an impression on him. He's now oh, in his early 30s. The thing that made the biggest impression on him was at the age of, what, 17 as a senior in high school, he was required to take a personal finance class, and that opened up his eyes. So I, you know, that was like the moment that was like the aha moment and said, oh yeah, absolutely. This is a story worth sharing. Um, and it can benefit many out there. So in the article, a couple of bullet points say that one recent report found that a lifetime benefit of roughly a hundred thousand dollars per student from taking a one semester course in personal finance during high school, that that's the financial benefit. So think about that. You take a a one semester class in high school and it's going to give you a lifetime benefit of $100,000. I'm not exactly sure how that's calculated. Um, Directionally, I totally agree with it. I think it's hard to put a price tag on that. And that was the reason, that was my whole hesitation. I hate to put, I hate to make a statement put it out there, put it out there in the public domain. I really can't verify it. It just feels like one of those squishy kind of attention getting headlines. But so I went on and read the article and it totally makes sense. And it really resonates with people that I've worked with directly on their personal finance. When they do, when they do these indicators early on, it sets them on the right path. And that's, I think, what happens in a one-semester personal finance class in high school. 
it seems to be like the separating ingredient. So the article talks about taking a financial education class in high school and the $100,000 per student benefit that comes out of it over, over a lifetime. And these results are from a company called Titan Partners and Next Gen Personal Finance, which is a nonprofit focused on providing financial education to middle and high school students. Um, in that, I looked at a couple of links, and this is a promising direction. Currently in the United States, there are 50 states. In 2024, 25 states now mandate require personal financial education as part of a high school curriculum. So that's 25 now. In 2020, it was just eight states. So maybe there is hope for the next generation. And this always stirs up the debate. Sure, we can mandate the teaching, but are the people teaching it qualified? Are the people teaching it qualified to, to present the message? And what's the actual curriculum? What's the message being shared? Do I agree with it directionally? Do I want my, do I want my kids being exposed to it or not? Hey, we're not going to solve for that here. I think that's, um, you see that debate in public education on just about every topic. So I'm sure you put the, you put this topic, personal finance, in public education, you're going to continue to stir up that debate. But this is what um, this is what next gen uh, goes and finds. They say students when they learn these lessons, they bring these students home. They say much of the financial value that comes from learning this content is it helps them avoid high interest credit card rates. It helps them get off, get on the right path. And in the conversations I hear with people, that alone is the biggest degree of separating. And it makes so much sense. Think about it. You get deep into college, student loan debt, or credit card debt. In your early 20s, you're paying the debt you're paying interest, you're paying other people, you're not putting yourself in a position to actually have money to invest. Those people that can avoid that and instead use that money, not in consumerism, not in paying debt, starting out early, by the time they hit the mid, late 20s or early 30s, they got that dreaded first $100,000 under their belt, invested, saved, it's financial security. That is the key turning point. That's the, if, if this were a relay race, that first leg of the relay is so important. That separates it. So for that one fact, if it, if it can expose and awaken the younger generation to the danger that credit cards present, if it can awake them to, they're on the brink of potentially signing, well, dramatic effect here, their life away for student loans. If it shows students the value of having savings, investing early and avoiding high cost college education and looking for alternatives to fund a college education, that's where we need to instill. That's where we need to get them. So the trend is definitely increasing from eight states to 25 states in the United States, in developed countries around the world, 
I've, I've noticed this in Europe as well. There is an increase uh, appetite for this, and a lot more countries are instituting that personal finance as a core part of their curriculum and education. But the research is overwhelming. Studies show that there is a strong connection between this is important, financial literacy and financial well-being. That financial well-being, financial literacy is understanding it. Financial well-being, those are the specific outcomes. That's not worrying about it's the first of the month. How am I going to pay my bills? It's the 20th of the month. How am I going to make it to the first of the month or my next paycheck to actually have money again? How am I not going to be depressed? How am I not going to how am I not going to have relationships that that are just toxic and deteriorating money fights? That's the financial well-being piece. So important to learn that lesson early, to learn that lesson well, and apply it through your 20s and 30s. That's how you win. So students, this is pretty interesting. Students who are required to take a personal financial course starting from a young age, more likely to tap loans and grants, as I was saying, when it comes to college education. Um, and that's directly from an organization known as the National Endowment for Financial Education. So they see that on the first end. They see that on the front end. They have a person. They There's actually a person out there looking out for them instead of signing them up having them complete in the United States a FAFSA, see how much they can borrow, and then find out the um, the federal loan that they qualify for or private loans. So powerful. And then students with a financial literacy course under their belts have a much better average credit score. Not sure how you feel about average credit scores or credit scores in general, but let's face it. A lot of our society today, you are not your credit score. You're much more than that, but it can dictate what you pay on things, a home, what you qualify for. So in most cases, it's a, uh, it's almost a necessity. We can debate that on and off air. Um, I know there's a lot of ways you can buy a home without a credit score or rent an apartment. It, it's possible probable. Yeah, it can happen, but it's definitely a lot more difficult. Having a clean slate um, is important, but the more important thing is not having a bad credit score. Oh, once you get that, it can take years to correct. It could take years to correct. You've probably borrowed. You've been delinquent. Your credit score is down. You probably need credit to do something, whether it's a car or a personal home. And now because of poor decisions made when you didn't have the financial literacy, you're going to be subject to a one, 2% higher rate on a standard loan on a home loan. So important to get that out of the way. This was an interesting story. This is a story of a high school teacher, and I thought this was interesting. It's also in the article. It's a high school in Southern California. This teacher, his name is Chris 
Jackson. He teaches 12th graders, and I thought this was interesting. He not only teaches the semester-long personal finance class in a way, I don't know how he does it. The article doesn't expand on it. But as part of the course, the teacher, Chris Jackson, he requires his students to open a Roth IRA account with an initial grant of $100, which then they maintain on their own. So I don't, when I see the word grant, I don't know. To me, that implies the $100 is bestowed, gifted. And then the other factor is to open a Roth IRA, you do have to have earned income. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure the details there on that, but the thought's pretty interesting. It, it, it gets, uh, in whatever way he's doing this, if it's accomplishing the fact that a person at that age has skin in the game and they make something, this is the problem with, with investing in general and saving it's intangible. We as humans love tangible stuff. The thrill of the kill, right? Going out and buying something, getting something online, the new car smell, those are all tangible things. We can see what our money gets us immediately. Unfortunately, with investing, it's the opposite. It's the complete opposite. So in order to make that somewhat more tangible for a young person, I thought that was kind of a, kind of a brilliant approach. Um, I know when I did that with my own daughter at a very early age, and she does have a Roth IRA as a college student, it just makes it much more of a, uh, a conversation piece. Uh, we talk about, let's put it this way, a couple of years ago, she didn't know what a VU was. Now she knows exactly what we're talking about when VU comes up. So I'm going to include all of this in the show notes today. This was just a, a quick episode out there. I'm going to include this story, and there's a couple of links within the articles. If you're interested, go out and take a look at those. But you might be asking, well, this is great. I have, I'm in a state that doesn't have personal finance, and I'd love to expose my child to just a good curriculum out of the gate. What can I use? Where can I go? Um, if you're overseas and facing the same thing, you don't have a, a, a formal education program in personal finance. I, I, find, I found a very good solution. So I consider myself extremely well-read on personal finance and having worked in the industry for a long period of time, uh, a pretty good a pretty good uh, barometer of what's out there. I will highlight, I'm going to put this link in there. One of the best resources I've come across, it's an easy read. It costs less than $20. It's a book written by my friend, Kevin Feig. Kevin is a CFP, a CPA, and a whole host of other letters after his name. And don't let the letters intimidate you. The book is extremely straightforward, welcoming, inviting, and an easy read. If you're wanting to expose, if you're wanting to influence a younger person in your life or want to learn more yourself, pick up a copy of his book. It's called, very simply, Walk You to Wealth by Kevin Feig. And I'll put a link, I'll put a link in the show notes to his book. I've read it. 
I would compare it to some great homespun stories that help make his point when it comes to starting out, when it comes to not just starting out, but then also advancing your investing journey. Very, very easy to apply and something that, yes, a young person can read, look at, pick up, and probably apply just as well. Well, folks, thanks for joining the Money Happy Hour. Of course, it's where we make every hour a happy hour for your money.